If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, August 12th, 2022. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by, now here's the thing, every once in a while, we got guests on this show and there's always the like one of my favorite people in the world or oh the legend like there's all these like these intros that are sound grandiose and sound all like huge and a lot of the times they're accurate but i gotta be real i could not be hyperbolic about this man right here gerard the completionist is joining me and he is one of the greatest human beings to ever walk this planet is always a pleasure to have him on the show gerard welcome back you know thank Woo! you Thank you so much for having me. Um, if I ever feel bad or down on myself, I just gotta call Tim to pick me mm -hmm. up because that 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 intro that'll be better than anything I've ever done. I've done some crazy things. That intro is the best. Thank you, Tim. Dude, I just I love you so much. You are such a kind-hearted person. You are so intelligent. You have such a great work ethic, and you surround yourself with good people. I, I love to see your success. You've been killing it at G4. We're gonna check in later on a new project you've been working on called, called God of Work, which I'm very excited to see as well. I got to hang out with you just a little bit at SummerSlam. It's never enough, but I always run love running into you in, in different places because it's just it's all it always brings a smile to my face. Yeah, man, it's it's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, the kind of funny audience is always one of my favorite. You guys are so fun and so cool and always just so down to, to clown. I really appreciate it. You guys are so fun, so thanks. Absolutely, man. Well, we're having you here on Kind of Funny Games Daily. Today's stories include Xbox giving PlayStation advice on how to run its game subscription service, Sega insisting that Sonic Frontiers won't meet the delay end of a Tim Getty's business call, and breaking news that Hogwarts Legacy did get delayed uh, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live that's cool you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com if you wanted to get it as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we will be right there for you uh, if you wanted to get the show ad free if you wanted to watch uh, if you wanted to get the exclusive post show that we do each and every weekday you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like our patreon producers fargo brady guy v and the saboteur have done if you don't have bucks to toss our way that's totally cool you can use our epic creator code kind of funny on all your epic store purchases and it helps us out a little housekeeping for you are you ready to rumble friday that's today we're doing a sponsored Rumbleverse stream right after kind of funny games daily with a bunch of guests from iron galaxy to talk about the launch of their brawler royale you can come play with greg and mike in private kind of funny matches right after this show at 11 a.m pt on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games today we're brought to you by me undies and chime but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report <laughs> time for some news we have seven news stories today a baker's dozen 
Here we go, Gerard. Breaking news right as we were going live. Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed. Barrett, if you could bring up this tweet, I would appreciate that. Hogwarts Legacy will launch on February 10th. 2023 for playstation xbox and pc the nintendo switch launch date will be revealed soon the team is excited for you to play but we need a little more time to deliver the best possible game experience gerard are you surprised about this delay no <laughs> no it just look uh we still live in a pandemic world right now despite how we are coming to the end of this thing uh we're in a situation where I'm, I'm surprised that we're still getting new games the rate that we have been the last few years. But as we're kind of coming back to normal and how things are kind of getting back on track, um, there's also this like sense of everyone has to drop their games in their certain quarterly windows. And I think they're looking at a lot of what's going on and going, all right, well, uh, God, God of War Ragnarok comes out here and, and this game comes out here. All right, let's not release here. Let's go all the way over there to avoid the competition. And so uh, when I when I when I, I knew we didn't get a date, but it was just kind of amorphous. But yeah, not surprised at all, Tim. Not surprised one bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the last couple of days on on this show, we've been talking about how uh, God of War Ragnarok is a force to be reckoned with in the the games industry, and for it locking down that November date. And at this point, feeling pretty confident in that uh at least i do um i we've been talking about how we're going to start seeing a lot of the games around it move and we yesterday even we're talking about hogwarts legacy and i was saying i think it has a 50 50 shot of moving again not surprised at all um them giving it a february date that's not that far we never had an official release date this year anyways uh we just knew it was holiday so february is not you know, at worst, that's two months later than uh, than people could have expected. But what I think is interesting is what you're bringing up here about looking at the release calendar and, all right, cool, they're getting out of the way of God of War. But we're about to get into a situation like we had, I think it was it this year, where like February is stacked, where there's just so many games coming out at one time. And like, oh, yeah, just looking looking at the uh, the calendar now, like due to a couple of delays or even just late announcements, we got Forspoken, which was delayed out of this year to January 20. 24th we have dead space on remake on the 27th now hogwarts legacy on february 10th um resident evil 4 march 24th like we're already starting to get the early uh couple months of 2023 laid out to us if everything goes to plan i'm not expecting that all those games are going to hit when they say they will because of the state of the world but uh what do you what do you think about early 2023 for you i mean <clears throat> I'm totally cool with this. I, I, you know, I, I'm not the guy that this game is made for when it comes to Hogwarts Legacy. I'm not a big Harry Potter guy. Uh, never have been. Don't want to pretend that I am. Uh, I don't even know if there is a community of people online who, who, are, I mean, obviously Harry Potter is a massive franchise, and everyone's excited for anything Harry Potter related. But I, I just don't know if, like, if moving the game itself would actually do a lot to make sales better unless this is like a revolutionary experience, but I feel like since we're so close, I haven't heard or seen enough about Hogwarts legacy to feel like I really care all that much. What about you, Tim? Uh, I, I think that Hogwarts legacy is a difficult game to talk about because of the, the layers of uh, political, 
technical issues that the the game is wrought with right and um on top of that yeah we haven't seen too much but we've seen enough that just from a pure gameplay perspective the fans of the harry potter universe seem to be getting the game of their dreams uh with the monkey's paw elements on top of it which is very unfortunate but um i i do think that like people are going to show up for this game and i think that uh the difference between it coming out late this year or early next year isn't going to make too big of a difference in terms of sales for for wb uh it is also interesting to just think about the state of warner brothers and uh discovery and all that right now with everything going on and we don't know exactly how that's all going to affect the game side of things we've already seen wb games have a lot of shakeups and a lot of uh interesting choices i would say in the last couple of years in terms of the games that they have announced and how they've talked about them with you know suicide squad and with gotham knights and then um uh hogwarts legacy as well um so i don't know it's uh it's it's uh again difficult game to talk about that i can't wait to stop having to talk about but hey it's news <laughs> game got delayed it's coming out next year we'll we'll check in when we check in uh but moving on to story number two this one it's it's a kind of funny one it's a follow-up on uh yesterday's story uh about the brazilian uh documents in the the legal situation between um xbox trying to acquire activision and uh what playstation has to say about it all of that so here's the story from john walker at kotaku microsoft snarkily schools sony on how to better run playstation plus that treasure trove of a document filed by microsoft to the brazilian competition competition authorities on tuesday in response to sony's objections to its efforts to buy activision blizzard contains another absolute gem in it Microsoft took time out to tell Sony just how it could, read, should, better run its revamped PlayStation Plus service such that it wouldn't need to worry so much about competition, like, say, Xbox Game Pass. As Kotaku, <laughs> as Kotaku reported earlier, the document, set as part of one of many international competition inquiries into Microsoft's attempt to purchase Activision Blizzard, accuses Sony of creating deals with publishers that prevent games from being allowed to appear on Game Pass, which it cites as an example of Sony's own competitive behavior. This is accompanied by a list of examples of Sony's own first-party titles that aren't released to competitor consoles, all to make the point that Microsoft to make that were Microsoft to make Activision Games Xbox exclusive, it'd be keeping with the objector's own actions. So all that adds up. We talked about that yesterday. But what's delighted me so much is noticing a paragraph buried in there in which Microsoft stops to just drop some uninvited advice on Sony for how the Japanese company could do a much better job of running PlayStation Plus. This is great, Gerard. The statement for the Portuguese language document, translated by a friend of Kotaku, begins, quote, Sony could be able to leverage the high quality of their first-party games even more by making them available on PlayStation Plus at launch day. Such a strategy might be able to quickly speed up the growth of the service's user base as a response to the competitive pressure of Game Pass or any other service, and the strategy is not adopted by Sony even when it comes to the new and updated PlayStation Plus. Just in case that wasn't snarky enough, Microsoft finishes the little section off by saying such a move by Sony could make PlayStation Plus even more attractive in order to be able to rival eventual strategies by competing game publishers to the benefit of gamers. Dinsdale notes it's worth running the entire 27-page document through Google Translate for your own entertainment. Gerard, what do you think about this? That's incredible. That's so funny. That's uh, the shade is so subtle, but so specific. <laughs> This is definitely a, hey, we learned this lesson, but also we learned it quicker than you did. So I don't know, man. Uh, I, I feel like everyone's like the console wars are dead, but like a little shade here every now and then kind of gives it a little more life. 
I, you know? I love it because this is as behind the scenes as it gets. Like we're talking about legal spats back and forth in these documents that need to be translated for us to even read them on, on all of this. But like, yeah, we know so much. So it's just, it's, it's just funny to me that really what Xbox is saying is like, Hey motherfuckers, we got it figured out. And like, this is the way you should be doing it. Um, catch up. So why aren't you doing it? Like catch up. We are number one. And I just, <laughs> I just love, I love them throwing that shade. And again, I don't think that this is going to ever turn into PlayStation putting its title, the first party titles on uh, PS plus to, to combat uh, Xbox game pass. Cause at this point they just have very different strategies and they're working in very different ways. Uh, like I don't expect God of War Ragnarok coming day one, just, doesn't feel right right now that could change at some point but i think that we are very far from that but i love that microsoft is indignantly standing here being like no this is the right way to do it so we'll see yeah man i think uh now is the time to have these little petty quarries and fights just because we can look at it before the, the calm before the storm that is the holiday release schedule but yeah, considering that they're, they're everyone's trying to buy someone, right? Everyone's trying to everyone's trying to build their portfolio and make it bigger and scarier and make their their service the best. So, uh, personally, I think Microsoft's already off to a great start. So this is this is some some good shade, some good tea, as the kids yeah. say. Good tea for sure. I I love this stuff because it's just like again, competition can breed excellence, and I love. I keep saying this, but just this generation is so exciting to me because Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox have different strategies when it comes to what they are looking at as like their core consumer, but also what they see themselves at when they look in the mirror of like what is our product, like what is the identity of our brand. So all of them doing different things and believing that they are doing the right thing. I, I, I just love it. And I hope that it results in uh, it, some learnings across the board uh, from everybody to just make the next product better, whatever it is. Uh, moving on to story number three. Sega has no plans to delay Sonic Frontiers from its 2022 launch. This comes from Darren Bontois at GameSpot. Sega's upcoming Sonic Frontiers is still on track to release this year and won't be delayed to address the mixed reception it has received from critics and fans since it was officially revealed. I'm so happy I have you on the show for this one, Gerard. In a business briefing that was recently held, Sega Sammy Senior Executive VP Koichi uh, Fuzukawa and Executive VP Makoto Takahashi explained that the company had no plans to delay the open-world Sonic game. Quote, we do not consider postponing the launch at this point. Within the communication with users, we intend to reflect the parts that can be reflected within the development timeline and to build empathy with users. Sonic IP is a mainstay title we will sell over the long term in the future, and we will continue to strengthen it in the next fiscal year onwards as well. What a shitty way to say all of that. I mean, I know there's some translation going on there, but that's a funny set of words. It sounds like (laughs) the Sonic Frontiers is going to be a a free-to-play game that's supported in, in a in a free-to-play economy like it doesn't sound like they're talking about sonic frontiers at all totally yeah a, a mainstream like flagship just sonic <laughs> platform game and they're talking about all the all right cool uh sega also expects the success of sonic the hedgehog 2 at the box office to have an impact on the game's sales as the execs mentioned that repeat sales of sonic titles grew after the first film was originally released with the first film sequel being a bigger box office blockbuster sega believes that its success will help amplify sonic game sales and that sonic frontiers will be the future of the franchise sonic team head tuck 
Takashi Izuka also addressed fans' uh, criticism of the game and calls for it to be delayed. Uh, he said that he wasn't surprised by the feedback and that once players got their hands on Sonic Frontiers, they'll understand what makes it feel unique when compared to other Sonic titles. Sonic Frontiers is scheduled for winter 2022, and Bless and I yesterday were theorizing that we'll probably get the dialed-in release date at uh, Jeff Keighley's Gamescom opening night live in just a couple of weeks. Gerard, I was there with you down in LA at Summer Game Fest. I saw you play this game. I got to talk to you about this game. What are your thoughts on Sonic Frontiers? I loved what I played. I loved every bit of it. It was so fun and so chaotic. It 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 felt like they put the Sonic formula on its head. I did notice that depending on when I played the demo, whether the system had been rebooted or not, that it ran better than previously before. I was very excited for it. I had a lot of confidence for it, but my confidence came from a place of, well, they say winter 2022. I'm okay if it comes out in the fall or or the next or the, the <laughs> February of 2023, thinking that, oh, we've got time. They've got time. But they went from Sonic 2, the movie came out and destroyed the box office to, oh, this game is coming now. And I just, Sega, please don't mess this up. You've got you've got the brand legacy. You're crushing it lately. You're you got some dubs under your belt. If you need to delay it, delay it. Put it in February next to Hogwarts. We're not going to get mad. Like take your time. Please yeah. don't some, push sometimes it Sometimes you don't got to go fast. You know you can. Sometimes you got to go slow. And going slow is sometimes the same as going fast, especially in Song's case. So let's let let, let it breathe. I just yeah. hope I hope that it. I hope they they knock it out of the park because the game is so fun what we played, uh, and I just don't know. I, I don't know, Tim. I had the confidence they were going to delay it, Tim, and they're not delaying it. What's going on? Please delay it. <laughs> I mean, it, it must be like like fiscal quarter stuff, right? Like there must be like, oh, we got to yeah. get this out and by this time. And it, that, that is unfortunate because to your point, that's not what Sonic needs. You know, Sonic, there there is this resurgence. There's been a resurgence in the last couple of years that has not been flawless. Nothing with Sonic ever is flawless. But yeah. the movies were fantastic. They're crushing it, especially Sonic 2. I'm a huge, huge fan of that movie. Um, Sonic Mania is one of my favorite games ever. Uh, they knocked that out of the park. Why we aren't getting a second one is absolutely beyond me. Um, Sonic uh, Forces was not good. Not good. Is that a game that you completed? I, I did complete it. Uh, I'm sorry for you. It was a very, very okay experience. It was very, I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. I wasn't sad. I wasn't disappointed. I was very like, well, that was a game. I experienced yeah. it. I had yeah. fun. I had my highs, my head, my I had my lows, and I got out, and that was it. The best part yeah. is you, you had the gamer hat. That was the best part. Is you get <laughs> that, that 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 beautiful gamer hat. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you know, at this point, it's been over a decade since Sonic Generations came out, and I think that that was like a turning point of like, yo, this is legitimately a great Sonic game. And then getting Mania was like, oh my god, this is an amazing Sonic game. And then Forces was like, oh. Uh oh, we're getting back to, into some of the bad territory. And Frontiers definitely is that next step where there's a lot riding on it, where this is the next flagship. This is the first big change that we've seen from like their 3D Sonic games in a very long time. Like this is pushing things forward for a whole new generation. And especially with the success of the movies and just like the newfound, uh, the newer generations of Sonic fandom that we have, like they need to get this right. And it's interesting because like playing through it at, um, summer game fest like it was such a divisive game where 
Some people that played it legitimately hated it. Some people that played it legitimately loved it. A lot of people kind of somewhere in between people went in wanting to hate it. So they hated it. People went in wanting to love it. So they loved it. Like there's something unique about Sonic Frontiers in that there's everybody's going to get some intense emotion out of this game, whether it's good or bad. It really depends on what you're bringing into it. Right. But I had a great time with the, the, the most of it. A lot of this open world stuff was a little more take it or leave it with how floaty it felt for me. The combat stuff surprised me a lot where it played way more like a platinum game than I expected. And when you get into like the, I forget what they're called, but like the warp levels that make you make it play way more just like traditional 3d sonic the things i liked most from generations and um unleashed and stuff i loved that so if they can nail that we're gonna get a, a real solid seven on our hands gerard and that's really all i'm looking for yeah. at this point you're just saying i want that c baby give me that c mm -hmm. average that seven and you're good me me i think i i'm i'm hoping for a b b plus a minus yeah. i i'm hopeful i love it i'm i'm, I'm, I'm optimistic uh -huh. I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm optimistic and foolish, but I'm optimistic. I, I got, I, I got love for the blue blur. I got to hope that he pulls a W. I got to yeah. hope. I, I, he, I'll leave it at that. I, I wanted to do well. Uh, that's why I was hoping they would delay it because not that, not that I don't think the game is ready. I haven't played enough or seen enough of the game, but seeing how many people out there are really passionate about whether or not this game is is going to be great or not, that's the part that makes me go, okay. Just just before you release it, just count all the ones and twos real quick and just make sure it's it's in a good spot, you know? Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Uh so okay, we don't know the release date. Winter 2022. When do you think it actually comes out? Delays uh, <sighs> being accounted for. I mean, it sounds like it's gonna come out probably in October or November, if I had to guess. But in actuality, it should probably come out in February or March of next year. My gut tells me it's going to get a December release date, which seems like a horrible idea. But you know what? Sega's known for horrible ideas when it comes to Sonic the Hedgehog. So it'd be par for the course. But I'm going to say December 7th without even looking at a calendar. I don't even know what day that is. Let's see. You're just going December straight. December 7th is a Wednesday. Uh, it's probably Wednesday. not, probably, probably not going to be December 7th. What? whatever december it's gonna the be week, december. First the week, week of december. that week that week let's say yes, that week that is my bet that's my yeah. bet put it on the books the books <laughs> uh speaking of books somehow you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games we can get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors no one and the rock means no one likes waiting on a paycheck. Especially, ladies and gentlemen, when you've got bills due. Good thing there's now Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. Waiting for your money, never good. Getting your money in advance, great. Who wouldn't want that? Chime is more than about just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account it takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on the payer. Where'd the sunglasses go? Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. 
Have you heard about the legendary underwear brand that's taken the podcast world by storm? Famous for their buttery soft undies and bralettes, MeUndies loves podcasts just as much as you do. It's like they're made for you and you're made for them. You're made for each other. Now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you know I love my MeUndies because they're the most comfortable underwear I've ever had and because they have great patterns. As the king of Halloween, my candy corn pair never fails to make me smile. Everyone knows MeUndies for their super soft undies and comfy bralettes, but did you know they also make other stuff? We're talking about durable, cushy socks that will make your feet sing. They even make hoodies for your dog so you can match every important person in your life. Available in sizes XS to 4XL and tons of colors and prints. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. Any first-time purchasers can get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Story number four. Multiverses season one plans are locked in. This comes from the Multiverses Twitter. A lot of the stuff we've kind of assumed and kind of heard about in like little unofficial ways, but now things are official. We're excited to announce season one will begin on August 15th with a brand new battle pass for you to earn in-game rewards. We can also confirm Morty will join the character roster on August 23rd as part of season one. We look forward to sharing more in the coming weeks. Quick note, everything we're bringing to you in season one will not drop on the same day. New modes and content will be spread through the life of the season. We'll continue to share dates on all the fun things to come. Uh, Also, for those wondering, we are unaffected by the Discovery Warner Brothers merger, he said. That's an interesting little tidbit there. You know, I think that's the please don't burn the building down. We're okay, kind of. Kind yeah. of vibe, right? Like everything's fine. Don't worry about it. We're good. We got it handled. Yeah, yeah. Which hopefully is good news. You know, people are really loving this game. So it's like I would definitely hope that uh, they need the wins, man. So it's like I hope that uh that the merger doesn't affect the game side, especially when things are going well for them uh in any way. What's multiverses been like for you so far? Have you given it a shot? Oh man. Um, I've been playing a lot of it at the office. We've all we've all just been diving in and and playing it. I usually this is so weird and maybe it's just my age and i'm just i'm becoming an old man tim uh, <laughs> I, I i i'm not good at it I, i've been i'm great at smash i'm great at tekken i'm great at street fighter i'm great at at nickelodeon right i'm good at all the the the, the platform brawlers and and fighting games usually i'm pretty good at it i struggle with the, with the fundamentals of of multiverses and i think it's because and i think it's because all the characters play so differently you can't just pick up the controller and be like, oh, yeah, Batman plays just like a Superman. It, it feels a little more nuanced than that. And so I, I've been personally struggling at getting good, as the kids say. But what, what, what's your experience been like so far with multiverses? Pretty similar to you. I mean, I, I definitely would not say that I'm, like, good at uh, at any fighting game. I'm competent where I'm, like, not completely lost in a lot of the, the more, like, 2D or even 3D things like Tekken. Uh, but Smash is is my baby. Like Smash is the one game that even then I wouldn't say I'm that great at it, but it's like I got my head wrapped around it. Like I know, I know how it plays, I know how it should feel. And I think that's the biggest problem with such broken records on on this at this point. But Smash kind of created a genre to its own. So when there are games like it that don't feel exactly like it, they feel wrong. And um, I played way, way too many hours of Smash Brothers to be able to have my brain kind of like work differently even slightly i think even the slight differences are are harder than the big differences and this is close yeah. enough that it just doesn't feel right 
but I need to break that on myself because this game being as successful as it is, and um, I, I think they're going to continue to to grow this, hopefully for years to come, and with really big, exciting character reveals. And I mean, I wish that Smash Brothers had a battle pass like this. I would love an excuse to to go in every day and do challenges yeah. and and gain stuff like that. Is you know just not the Nintendo way of doing things. Like they've they've you know flirted with it a little bit with like Splatoon and stuff, but like. I would have loved, loved to have that in Smash Ultimate. So I'm, I'm kind of jealous in, in some ways of multiverses. Yeah, there, I mean, the game being free is a fascinating choice. Um, just because I'm the kind of guy that I don't mind paying 60 bucks for a game, you know, if it means that I'm going to get like a full complete experience. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm curious how far they can go with releasing skins and characters uh, with their Battle Pass slash Season Pass program. Because I know that... You know, the games, I, I don't know if you feel this way, Tim. There are games that come out and they're like, season one is here. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then you check back three months later and they're like, all right, season 25 is exactly. over. And you're like, yeah. I've been Whoa. gone a month. What happened? Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> I mean, we've been talking about this a lot, but I, I think that we are uh, mature enough into the process of free-to-play games and monetization options when it comes to video games that I think that multiverses is coming out at the perfect time where it could kind of learn from the mistakes of different types of release strategies like we saw with street fighter like we see with some other uh fighting games um and more than that games like fortnite and games that really focus on the multiplayer community side of things and we know that the fighting game community is i mean it's probably the first community in video games to actually get a branded name right like was right. there a community of games gamers before the fighting game community? Like, I don't think so, at least not like a publicly known thing. So um, I love the idea of fighting games being free to play and on as many platforms as possible, because all that means is there are more people that are able to play with each other, which means there's more people to, that you can play with um, across the board and across the internet, across the world. So um, I think that that's the best bet for these games to succeed if they're good. And I think that multi versus so far has been a perfect example of that of the game coming out crushing it numbers wise if they kind of learn from what we've seen from fortnite and um rocket league and fall guys and things on the epic side of things um and continue to pace things out and to your point don't get to season 25 too early like let the seasons <laughs> breathe let them speak for themselves let them be worth diving into and uh being giving enough carrots on the the stick to get bugs all excited you know uh like for people to want to come back to this game i think that they can continue this and turn it into something mega mega huge because there is just such appeal to this game to to people like smash brothers is the type of game that even if you're not a gamer you can look at and be like oh i get it this looks fun this is that with even more ip that are familiar to the general mainstream so i think there's the to kind of to kind of go off of that the the idea of like I don't know if you feel this way, but there's a lot of games that have seasons, right? And modes where it's like you have to be continually plugged in. To me, it's not that it's disingenuous as a tactic to to get people to play your game, but it does set this precedent of you will miss out if you are not constantly playing this game. And you have to get those grinds and those dailies in to get the costume, the free tokens, the 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 tax spray, right? In Overwatch. Like there's just kind of this essence of I have to play to unlock the new content. Otherwise, it goes away forever in the digital Disney vault. And then we're all just kind of SOL. Um, 
And I and that's the thing that I'm I'm always worried about when it comes to games like this because if you're not playing the season, that's when they start locking content behind it and and really or rather timed content, if you will. So you'll never really get the true experience of what they wanted you at to do at that time, right? You had to do it right then in the, in the burst, and hopefully you're connected enough to do that. And not that I don't want to do that, but every game does that, right? It feels like there's a and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm just throwing caution to the wind, but. That's kind of the vibe I get when these games have season passes is that if you have to, you want to get that content, you got to play it right now. Yeah, totally. And that is, I think, the give and take of the free-to-play model, right? Where it's like you you get more at the onset for less, but then you kind of, you need to invest your time instead of your yeah. money to be able to, to get these things. Uh, but what I do think is interesting of what I was saying about hoping that we are uh, enough into the the process uh, of learnings when it comes to these monetization strategies is it seems like uh, Multiverse's team understands exactly what you're talking about. And we were reporting yeah. on a story a couple of days ago about how they are looking at seasons a little bit differently and like trying to give more time to people and like not making it this like rush to have to do everything super quick or else you lose it forever. So I hope that they, they stay true to that and continue it because I do think that we're not – we don't have it all figured out yet. I don't think anyone has completely nailed it. But I do think that when you look at things like Fortnite, there are examples out there of people that are doing it very well. You know, if not perfect, close to it in terms of keeping their uh, communities engaged and not making them feel like they need to play every waking hour of the day or else they're missing out. So that's the balance that I think that uh, uh, Multiverses needs to maintain. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Moving on to story number five. Owlboy developers announced their next project. This comes from Ryan McCaffrey at IGN. Barrett, I put the IGN link there. There's a video if you scroll down just a little bit. D-Pad Studio, creators of the 2016 gem Owlboy, have announced their next project, Vikings on Trampolines. It's in development for both PC and consoles, and it's a pixel art, one-to-four-player co-op side-scrolling adventure whose primary traversal mechanic is, as the name implies, trampolines. The story mode puts you on a quest to stop the villain Balloonie and rescue King Six with numerous King VI at King Six, I imagine it is, with numerous boss fights along the way, D-Pad Studio promises. While the party game-esque competitive versus modes will pit up to four friends against each other. Vikings on Trampolines began life as one of our small experimental projects, which won the first Nordic Games Indie Sensation Award back in 2011. Uh, after releasing Owlboy, we've since returned to the idea and developed into a fun, fully-fledged co-op adventure. IGN will have more on Vikings on Trampolines at Gamescom 2022. This game looks awesome, Gerard, doesn't it? Oh, oh, dude. The Owlboy guys, they don't mess around when it comes to beautiful pixel art, and this game is no exception. Even the opening shot, like, you don't even realize it's pixel because it, that's how good they are. All of their pixel art is stellar, and this, this looks great. I'm pumped to play this. Dude, I love it because, you know, we see pixel art all the time, but, like, this is uh, – there's an artistry to, to oh, what yeah. these guys do and yeah Owlboy looked looked absolutely incredible as well but i love the idea of this being a different style of game that that four-player co-op uh kind of seems like where it's a little competitive co-op love that uh this seems like it's gonna be a blast to play with the the homies did you get into Owlboy? oh yeah absolutely i loved Owlboy. Owlboy is such a uh a charming game just your a breath of fresh air in my opinion and what we needed in those pixel platformer and more narrative games but um 
they're, the art is always so good. When when you've got pixel art that doesn't scream pixel art of the NES era, but it just seems more modern and updated, like you know TMNT for example, you just feel oh yeah, it just feels like you're playing an, an art game or watching a movie, right? It feels so well done. Uh, and again, Owlboy, if you guys didn't play it, you gotta check it out. It is so awesome, and uh, this looks great. I I'm just curious as to you know, it says it's it's a it's a cooperative you know game, but it, it gives me kind of Cuphead vibes though. It doesn't seem like full fledged levels so much as it's like boss boss rushes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, them bringing up the numerous boss fights, but the the focus on the traversal mechanic being the trampolines. I do imagine that it's going to be less like sprawling levels that, uh, that you're like going through a bunch of different screens, and more of a focus on like getting over the obstacles screen by screen almost like in a celeste type fashion yeah uh, like maybe like a celeste meets cuphead you know totally. uh, but i mean man that's a very exciting thing i just said celeste meets cuphead <laughs> with that art style like come on dude what yeah i i'm very excited about this Owlboy. Uh, i never ended up beating it i loved the look of it i didn't really love the story of it it didn't grab me and there were just some little quirks about the um the controls that i i didn't really love but yeah, um, i i this with the learnings that they've had and and here we are um with a, a one to four player co-op side scroll game i think that that can make the story less important and the fun with your friends the the focus and i feel like that would be a, a something i'd very much be looking forward to and won't have to wait too long gamescom 2022 is coming up very very soon yeah yeah story number six Hideo Kojima marks the eight-year anniversary of P.T. Uh, oh, this man. comes from Darren over at GameSpot. Yeah, man, we're getting old, dude. <laughs> we're getting old. Do you remember, like, where you, you were when that demo came? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. It, it was, was like, I, I was still at IGN at the point. But, like, man, that was like, a, everything stopped. It's like, what is this? <laughs> Yeah, I remember in my office, all of us put everything down and said, we're downloading it because the fact that no one knew what it was and there was so much mystery to it all. And then suddenly we were all just at the same time, like, oh, we can do, we can join in. I remember reading IGN and like following along the the rabbit hole that was PT and the fact that you could play it right away. Immediately I invited the, the homies over. We all started drinking and just were like, how do we figure this out? And then to hear that it was a, a huge Silent Hills reveal at the end with Norman Reedus, man, it it was like a, it was it's gaming sleuthing at its finest, right? Everyone in the world was like, "How yeah. do we figure this out? How do we do it?" And it was worth the reveal. I mean, like that's the, the the most nuts thing about it is that like everyone was working together trying to figure it out, and then when it was figured out, it's like, oh my god, it's a Kojima Silent Hills game with Norman Reedus. Like, how? There's no way. There's no way this is real. There's no way it's actually going to come out. And here we are, eight years later unfortunately yeah. we were right it will never happen um so following up kojima's tweet saying eight years the bear just brought up uh guillermo del toro responded with a with a, a tweet of his own that just says f k simply f k uh originally directed by kojima well, sorry f the fk is likely meant to convey his disdain for konami and its decisions at the time so a little guillermo del toro Fuck Konami action, yeah, baby. Yeah, th throwing that shade, baby. Yeah. It's sad, man. Like, that the demo, I still have it on my, my PlayStation downloaded. And, like, it is, to this day, one of the, 
I mean, it's still one of the scariest gaming experiences I've ever had, but like, it is just such a gorgeous game. And like, granted, it's a very small demo, but there's something about the the realism of the lighting and the shadows and just like the constrained nature of the hallways and the way it's set up in this like just square loop that you're going through. It's so unnerving. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was a game that taught you, I mean, not, it's a game that launched a whole new subgenre of horror indie games. How many yeah. horror indie games have we played in the last eight years that all revolved around walking down a hallway and being put into a game loop, right? Like immediately we're playing things like Layers of Fear and um, and Madison and all these games that aren't about surviving so much as they are about getting your ass spooked. And that's mm-hmm. that's that's what happens when you play PT the whole time you're terrified. Yeah, man. I wonder if one day we'll get uh, the Kojima horror game experience because I feel like that could be absolutely insane yeah it could be huge uh story number seven here a veteran resident evil producer has left capcom to join NetEase. this comes from ryan dinsdale at ign uh, a veteran capcom producer who worked on several resident evil games is leaving the company after 27 years to join chinese mobile game developer and tech firm NetEase games hiroyoki kobayashi announced the career shift in a tweet in which he confirmed his new role as a producer at NetEase and said more details would follow at a later date Quote, after serving 27 years with gratitude, I've departed from Capcom on March 31st, 2022, and will officially be joining NetEase Games as a producer, Kobayashi said. I will strive to continuously create more enjoyable entertainment experiences for everyone at this new company in this new era. Uh, He started at Capcom in 95 and was a programmer on the first two Resident Evil games, a planner for the original Dino Crisis, and producer on the original Devil May Cry. He was also a producer on Resident Evil Remake, Resident Evil 4, Killer7, and Dragon's Dogma, among other things, and most recently was executive producer on Mega Man 11. NetEase is currently developing the Harry Potter Magic Awakened virtual trading card game, Dead by Daylight Mobile, The Lord of the Rings Rise to War, and more. It's also rumored to be working on a Destiny mobile game with Bungie. So a legend going on to, I don't want to say greater pastures, but, you know, they're getting that money, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, in Japan, the culture is very different when you work at that uh, game companies, right? You kind of tend to be there for a long time and, and you know, you become a lifer or maybe you retire at a game company, right? And you or you start your own project. So the fact that, uh, you know, this is uh, I'm, I'm happy that this guy can go on to continue to be in the games industry should he choose to want that. It seems like he does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this isn't a news story, but Barrett, I am going to toss to you real quick. There was a, a Gotham Knights uh, news story that came up uh, yesterday from IGN talking about um, the, the lore and the story implications of everything. doesn't need to be a full news story or anything. I just kind of want you to give your, your take as our, our Gotham resident expert. Yeah, I, I think it was uh, written by one Joe Screbbles of IGN and uh, I think uh, the boy Simon Cardi, who's having his fifth uh, IGN anniversary uh, today, I believe. So shout out to si- oh, uh, yeah. Simon. Um, yeah, they were talking about like how the developers had uh, kind of like gone back and like uh, detailed out the history of their Gotham City back like 400 years and stuff like that, which is such a really cool idea. Um, and I imagine there's a little bit of that, right, for a, a lot of games, like talking about the history, like what what happened before the events of the game. Um, and it honestly makes a lot of sense to me, right? Uh, we've, we're getting the um, 
uh, Court of Owls in uh, Gotham Knights, and you know from that comic book line, uh, you know slight spoilers for Court of Owls, which has been out for God eleven years at this point, Jesus. Um, and you know the Court of Owls have been around essentially since the inception of Gotham, um, and so I, I think almost uh, like in a necessary step to understand like what their kind of role is in the game, they probably had to go back and be like, all right, like what have they been up to? since Gotham has been around, right? So, mm-hmm. I, like, reading that, I was like, that's really cool. That makes a lot of sense, especially, like, you know, we've been having these, like, uh, you know, Greg and Blessing coming in, being like, ah, the UI looks dumb, so it's going to be a bad game. And it's like, well, there's good... There, it, yes, I can argue that the UI definitely isn't great, but I do feel like the, the, you know, the WB Montreal team has a good head on their shoulders when it comes to kind of story and like lore building and stuff like that. Because uh, if anything that Arkham Origins did, it was that. And and so that just makes me more excited and a, like a cool reminder of like they they know what's up when it comes to store and lore, uh, lore and story. Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to it just reinvigorated my excitement. So just shout out to that. Go read the, the full article uh, over on IGN. Oh yeah, man, Gerard, are you where are you at with uh, the Arkham games, or where are you at with Gotham Knights? I love all the Arkham games. I think they're great. Um, I'm not sure I really want Gotham Knights, however, just based on what I've seen so far. And again, this is just me speaking from what I've seen. It just seems like Gotham again or Arkham again, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Story is going to be a huge proponent of this. I think story will be the big thing that leads us to whether or not this game ends up becoming something that we're all. Uh, passionate about it feels like you kind of have to really love the arkham universe prior to this and going into this even though they say they're not connected even though it's not canon right it's supposed to be its own universe uh still looks like a like an arkham game it still has that the 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 arkham vibes so um personally i'm not gonna probably pick it up on day one but uh i'm i'm cautiously optimistic i i will wait until it comes out well Gerard, wait until it comes out. Seems so far away. If I want to know what's coming to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. You really tried with that one, Tim. I had to slow it down. I had to slow it down because I was like, oh, I. Um, I lost my place on the page, and I want to make sure Gerard has his place on the page. I was ready. I was ready. He was ready. He got there. He got there. Out today, not a long list, but we have Marvel Spider-Man Remastered on PC, which is very, very exciting. Um, I've been playing it a little bit. It is a blast, and it's fun to play in the different modes. And also PC, if you have good specs, you can go crazy with some of the the FPS on this thing. So check that out for sure. Um, Before we get to the the gerard segment baron i want to let's close out the rest of the little things real quick so uh i went to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong to see what we got wrong we nailed it gerard nothing not a single thing wrong which is fantastic but nanobiologist did write in some breaking news i wanted to uh let everybody know twitchcon just updated its policy for san diego it will now require masks indoors as well as a negative covid test or proof of vaccination mm-hmm. uh this was a very controversial thing a couple weeks ago when they announced that they it was like hey it's a fucking free-for-all deal with it y'all and uh, everyone's like no that's a horrible idea so good on them for uh addressing the issues changing their their uh, entire response to this and 
we got the W on this one, everyone. So hell yeah. Good on you, Twitch. Good on you. Uh, we got a little squad up today that I wanted to read. This is a different type of squad up coming from SD Infected, the homie. Uh, introducing the unofficial fan-created kind of funny database at kfdatabase.com. You can search and sort through kind of funny games videos by show, host, guest, and more. There's even a leaderboard for appearances. Spoiler, Greg is number one. Uh, Barrett, could you bring this up real quick? kfdatabase.com. Yeah. It is extremely impressive. And SD Infected, I don't know how you pulled this off. And it, being a man that has to run a lot of kind of funnies analytics and looking in the back end and just figuring out the history of stuff... I don't know how you possibly did this and how much time it would have taken you, uh, but you literally can go through and click on any of us um, and it'll explain every single show we've ever been on and the kind of funny game side of things, uh, who was on that show with us and if memorable moments happened. Um, Barrett, can you go up to the leaderboard on the Hey, the I'm on there? this. I'm here on this list too. You are. You are. Yeah. Like literally everyone that's ever been on kind of funny games content is on this list with a show count of how many shows they've been on. Number one, Greg Miller at 2001. Number two, me at 1450 and bless coming in at number three at 850. Keep in mind, these are just the uh, kind of funny games daily um, or kind of funny games, not games daily kind of funny games leaderboards. And uh, I was seeing that he was saying that he's working on kind of funny prime as well. So Insane stuff. Definitely go check it out. KFdatabase.com for all the, the fun stuff there. And amazing work, SD Infected. Amazing work. Uh, but now, Gerard, you came on the show today, A, because I love you, but B, because you've been working on something really cool. You've been over at G4 the last uh, year plus now at this point? Yeah. It's been How, a year a, a year and, and like? two months. It's been a lot, man. Uh, as a company, we've we've pivoted a lot, and we've worked really hard on on – um, trying to make fun and exciting content at you know at, at the at our big compound if you will um now that i've been there a year looking back uh you know i wish i did a lot more sooner i i and and you'll kind of see what i mean with our next project i'm about to show you guys uh i'm very passionate about uh getting stuff done and and working towards uh pushing the 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 limit you know limits that we have to the to their highest and uh you know, I in one year's time, not only have I been a host of X Play, but I've created uh, one of the first or original uh, projects out of G Four uh, since its reimagination in November, and uh, it's called God of Work. And uh, I brought a trailer for everyone who uh, doesn't know what God of Work is. Barrett, let's roll the trailer. <laughs> So your journey begins, mortal. Welcome to Ragnarok. Yeah! Merry Ragnarok! <laughs> Do it, you coward! I've been at Digital Solutions for seven years. <laughs> Ding! Dream job unlocked. work here long enough and the benefits start really stacking up. At least that's what they tell me. <laughs> Hi, Kratos! 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 Kratos!
There you go. God of War coming to G4 in August. I'm so jealous that you get to work with Austin every day. It just doesn't <laughs> seem fair, you know? God, two of my favorite human beings together. Ah, love to see it. Among many others as well, Golden Boy and, and all the other homies. So tell us a little bit about the project. What 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 is it? How is it going to be distributed? Yeah, so uh, God of Work uh, kind of came at inception when we, when I first joined G4. We would do this thing called the Beach House where we were trying to just get our feet wet with doing live streams of the G4 banner and finding our feet. And our producers would often ask us, hey, what do you want to do? Like, do you guys have ideas for bits? And so I came up with with kind of doing our own version of the um, uh, the 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 sports center commercials, right, with celebrities and, and basketball players and sports players or athletes, both video game characters. And I kept pitching it and it just kind of fell on, on deaf ears. And eventually... Uh, I, I was heard through my uh, fellow producer and now show co-creator Emily Rose Jacobson. She was like, yes, anding me really hard on the idea of it. And the next thing you know, it turned into this, this show called God of Work. And the whole pitch of it is uh, video game characters in this universe uh, are like Hollywood actors where when they go work on games, that's them filming, right? That's them going away on set and filming. And then once their games are wrapped up, where do they go to work? Where what do they do for a living? And so uh, this is uh, this is the the story of that. The place is called Digital Solutions, and it right. is a, a temp agency for video game characters. So you know, Kratos is the uh, the head of inventory management. He makes sure that all the paper and the the pens and pencils and all the office supplies are are accounted for. Mario and Luigi are the head of custodial and janitorial uh, duties, Perfect. and so. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of about how uh, uh, Kratos is at this job and uh, he thinks that Ragnarok is actually coming and wiping out the planet. So because of that, he doesn't care about anyone or anything. And so in this office space, uh, he is making everyone's life a living hell. He's breaking stuff. He's, uh, uh, <laughs> he's uh, you know, uh, accosting other other video game characters and, and, and regular people. And so... Uh, this show really is about uh, how Kratos is a is a damn rock star since we last saw him in August 2018 or in uh, 2018 God of War, uh, War. So it's really about him just creating chaos. And uh, we have some great guests on there. Austin Creed plays himself from the 2K games. It's very great. exciting. Oh, that's um, so good. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we have uh, Daniel Thrasher and, and, uh, and Brizzy voices starring, uh, as our, oh, our our main characters, yeah, and uh, it's it's really it's really exciting. You know, we we shot a hundred a hundred pages of script in five days back to back. We shot a whole film out of this series in less than five days. I shaved my head actually. I'm not wearing a bald cap. Um, and I was I, I, I was in make, I was in makeup for about four to seven to six hours a day on average before we shot a single thing. Uh, from 6 a.m. until 8 p.m. every day, and so oh, this no. this really is a, a a passion project. It's a labor of love. It's it's something that's very different from everything you see on G4 currently, and uh, I, it's going to be great. I'm I'm so excited to to share it with you all, and it's coming really really soon. Uh, I'm going to announce it to the to the world right now, and I'll and because it's it's around the corner. Um, it's going to be airing uh, on my YouTube channel as one mega season premiere so you can watch the entire show Whoa. on on my youtube channel all six episodes uh on august 27th 
Ah, that is, a, that is a, a, a date reveal for all world you folks premiere. out there. World premiere. So August 27th, uh, that's two Saturdays from now. I think two Saturdays? Three Saturdays from now. The, the August 27th, um, you can watch the whole show uh, on my channel. And you can also watch extended extended cutscenes um, and behind the scenes outtakes on the X-Play channel uh, in the upcoming weeks. Or you can watch it on TV when it comes out as it does. So Hell very yeah, dude. Stuff. Oh, my God. Congrats on that. I love it. That obviously for anybody watching this, like they that knows our history of stuff. Like this is the type of stuff that Nick and I would have dreamed to be able to do back at IGN. <laughs> so to see you and such a talented group of people like actually doing the damn thing. I am so proud of you because I know how hard it is to push things like that through. And uh, it really, really relies on, on people showing up and watching it for more to be made. So everybody go support this. Go check it out on the Completionist channel, uh, youtube.com slash completionist. That one video gamer. That one video gamer. Yeah, <laughs> or if you search- just search for the completionist. You'll find yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on August 23rd, that is very exciting. The entire August 27th. Wow. August 27th. 27th. Ah, oh, man. It's okay. It's okay. Up. It's okay. Check it's that okay. Out. And then support it on G4 too. If you have the, the TV channel, go check that out on TV because I'm sure that helps as well. Uh, so everyone's like, oh, man, we need more of this God of Work situation. We need more Gerard. Everyone needs more Gerard. Needs, <laughs> you know. Thank you. Thank you. Gerard, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. One more time, where can people find you and what would be the best way to support God of Work? Oh man, uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash that one video gamer or right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the completionist. If you want to see more of me more often, you can check me out over at G4 on our X Play channel, youtube.com slash X Play. I'm also a host all the time on, on television via X Play and Attack of the Show. Um, if you want to see God of Work on August 27th, youtube.com slash that one video gamer, the entire season. You don't have to wait. You get all six episodes, the whole story, the whole arc in one gigantic season ready for you August 27th at youtube.com slash that one video gamer. Hell yeah. Go check that out for everyone else. We're about to sign off here, but for patreon.com slash kind of funny game supporters, we are about to do our exclusive post show. where I'm just going to talk to Gerard, catch up a little bit, see how G4 has been treating him, get a little deeper with all of that. But for everyone else, I love you all. See you next time. Thanks for having me. Bye. Love you all.